Well, hello there, friends. It's your old pal, Ariel Helwani, back with another jam-packed edition of the Wednesday Helwani Show. We'll be talking to the two headliners for this weekend's UFC 259 pay-per-view, Israel Adesanya, Jan Bachovic. Two great conversations with two champions. But first, I do want to let you know about First Take, Her Take. Have you listened to it yet? I've been telling you about it for the past couple of weeks. It's ESPN's newest podcast, hosted by Charlie Arnold, a.k.a. Charlie Caruso from the world of world wrestling entertainment, uh, Kimberly A. Martin, Chenea Gumake, and these three ladies discuss their lives and culture while also diving into some of the biggest headlines in sports. You can find First Take, Her Take wherever you get your podcasts. I highly recommend it. All right, now on to today's program, which contains some language that may not be suitable for all audiences. So as always, listener discretion is advised. Enjoy. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Ariel Helwani's MMA Show. Life on this Wednesday, March 3rd, 2021. Hello again, everyone. Ariel Hawani here with you. Another exciting edition of the Hawani Show, an exciting week in the world of mixed martial arts, the most interesting pay per view fight week of 2021. And I know we're only in early March, but we get excited about these things. By now, you've heard us talk about it. Three title fights on this card. And you know what's interesting about this card that I didn't bring up on Monday? Three title fights involving six fighters. Only one of those fighters is American. How about that? Aljamain Sterling, the lone American fighting for a championship on Saturday. You've got, of course, Israel Adesanya and Jan Bachovic. Israel Adesanya from Nigeria, now living in New Zealand. Bachovic, of course, the pride of Poland. Uh, you've got Piotr Jan of Russia going up against the American Aljamain Sterling. Brazil's Amanda Nunes defending her Featherweight title against Australia's Megan Anderson. Pretty remarkable and another sign at the global expansion that has affected the sport of mixed martial arts. And it's not just about these three title fights. That's not the only reason why people are excited about this card. You've got names like Drew Dober and Islam Makhachev, a fight that I love, that I said I was just as excited for on Monday as I am for any of the title fights. Alexander Rakic going up against Thiago Santos. Important fight at 205. Casey Kenny against Dominic Cruz. Joseph Benavidez returning against Asuka Oscar. There's a lot to like, and I'll talk a little more about the entire card later on in the program. But on today's show, we're going to be hearing from the two headliners on Saturday night's pay-per-view. Israel Adesanya, I spoke to him earlier this week. A wide-ranging interview talked about you know why he's moving up to 205 now, how he found out he's moving up to 205. Very interesting story. Uh, his plans for the 185 title, his weight leading up to this fight, which is the biggest story coming out of this interview, in my opinion, uh, his future at 205 and 185, John Jones, all that and more is discussed. But first, let's give the man who's actually defending his title on Saturday his due. Jan Bachovic won the light heavyweight title back in September when he defeated Dominic Reyes. He has been underestimated his entire UFC career. Here he is walking into this first title defense as a father for the first time as well. A lot of people thinking that Izzy's just going to steamroll him. He's got incredible power. He's a very confident man. I had the opportunity to talk to the pride of Poland, the legendary Polish power himself, Jan Bachowicz. First up, here is that conversation. 
passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. We kick things off today with the reigning, defending UFC light heavyweight champion, the man who will be defending his title on Saturday in the main event of UFC 259. He is the pride of Poland himself. He's the one and only Jan Bachowicz, who, of course, goes up against Israel Adesanya this Saturday in a highly anticipated 205-pound title fight. A lot of firsts for you going into this fight, Jan, and thank you so much for the time. It's great to talk to you. Uh, first time as a light heavyweight champion going into a fight, first time as a father as well. And so let's start there. How has fatherhood changed you over the last few months? Hello. You know what? I've got bigger motivation right now. When I go to training, I train harder, stronger and stuff like this. So I've got big motivation. He motivates me a lot. Be a father, it's a hard job, you know, but thanks to my fiance, she take care of it. But you do feel a different sort of feeling inside, a different sense of motivation now that you're fighting for someone yes. other than yourself? A little bit. Now I don't do just for myself and for my fiance. Now I've got, you know, I do also for him, you know. And, you know, now he is the most important thing in my life. <laughs> so. Right. What about being the champion going into a fight for the first time, being the hunted as opposed to the hunter? Do you feel a different sense leading up to the fight? Now someone's coming after something that you have. No, you know, I think uh, this is my next fight, another opponent. That's it. I don't think like uh, think it's the same way when I fight against Dominic Reyes. I, I knew that it's a uh, fight for the belt, but I don't think like. And after the fight, I, you know, Okay, I won the belt. I'm the champion, so I was really happy. But before the fight, I think just another fight. I have to do my job inside the octagon, have fun inside over there. And this time, I think in the same way. Do you feel disrespected going into this fight? Do you feel like everyone's overlooking you and focusing too much time on Israel? I don't care, you know. Uh, I know that he's a big star, you know. Uh, he's got a lot of fans, and, you know, and UFC promotes him. But after the fight, everything will be changed, you know. I do wonder, you know, you're the betting underdog. Once again, it seems like every time you fight, you're the underdog. This is a good spot for you, right? People, you know, overlook you. Your fans probably make some money off of you. And uh, and then you go back home, the winner again. This is this is familiar territory for you. Yeah, I used to that, you know, always underdog, you know, always want to fight. So if you want, want some money, put it on me. <laughs> We're going to celebrate together. <laughs> Ultimately, you know, we, we spoke as this fight was about to get done. Um, this is a really big deal. Some people were upset, you know, some fans, some old school fans, oh, Glover deserved it. Why is he getting passed up all this stuff for you? Did you have a say in the matter or was it just basically, you know, we want to do this fight with Israel. This is your first title defense. I don't choose opponents. UFC said me contract. I signed that and that's it. You know, this is not my job to choose opponents. Can I ask? And I don't know if you know the answer. How much do you weigh right now as we're speaking? Not right now, two. 
something close to 215 to 20, something like 215 to 20. And then, of course, on Friday morning, you have to weigh 205. And then come Saturday night, how much do you expect to weigh? 20. I don't want to have more and less, you know, to, to 90 to 20 is the perfect weight for me. I don't care how many of my, how my opponent will going to have. He can be bigger, lower. I feel the best when I have to do something like that. So I spoke to Israel yesterday and I wanted to get your take on this. He told me that he expects to weigh around 198, 200, and he wouldn't be surprised if he fights at around 195. This is pretty, you know, amazing. You, you don't often see someone fighting at 205 and then, you know, fighting at that weight. What do you make of this? Are you surprised to hear him say this? You know, I don't care. I train with guys in, 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 uh, with his division, so I'm ready for his speed. And that's it. And I'm going to use my, you know, my power, my weight to, to, to make him tired, you know. Do you think it's a mistake on his part to come so much lighter? <laughs> we will see after the fight. <laughs> <laughs> you think he's underestimating you? I don't think so, no. I think you've got respect to me, but uh, I think I've got respect to him, and I think that he's got respect to me also. Jan, uh, come Saturday night, you could weigh around 25 pounds more than him. That's, that's a major difference, right? I mean, usually maybe it's 5, 10, max, 25 pounds. How does that impact you? Like, what kind of an advantage do you think this gives you? No, the cage is smaller, so I don't mm. have to, you know, run after him, you know, when he's going to be use his uh, footwork. And when I grab him, I'm going to use my weight, you know, and he's going to feel this, uh, you know, that I'm heavier, so he's going to be tired, I think so. Uh, when when fight goes to the ground, also I'm gonna you know be bigger, so it's gonna be I think easier easier job for me to to control him on the ground than to take him to the ground, you know, because I'm gonna use not only my power but also my weight. So I think that's gonna be uh, really good for me and uh, will help. But I have to catch him. And- of course, <laughs> catching him. And so, what is the key to catching him? In in your opinion, what do you have to do, especially early on, to catch him? Put pressure on him, you know, uh, and that's it. And try to you know. Go to half distance and, and, and that's it, you know. Uh, we'll see, you know. You have to watch the fight and uh, then you sure. will see what, what I'm going to do to, to grab him, you know. Which... I'm very excited. Um, how big of a deal is this back home in Poland? How big of a deal is this fight? Yeah. How much attention are you getting? Again, people in Poland say that this is a, a, another the most important in Polish MMA history fight. So was the same before the Dominic Reyes and now much bigger. So. <laughs> Does life feel different, though, since becoming champion? Little bit. Not in my head, you know, but, you know, I've got, you know, more more things to do. Interviews, media shows, TV shows, something like this. So uh, no time to, to be boring, you know. But do you like the attention? Are you enjoying it? No, right now it's pretty good because it's not too much, you know, and people just say, hey, respect job, it was a good fight, all best for you, and that's it. But sometimes when I go to the, where, where people, to the small event or something like this, when everybody knows you, so it's a little bit, you know, uh, makes so a little bit tired, you know, because when 1,000 1, people won't make photo with you, it's, you won't make it, you know, with everybody, but it's hard. Yeah. <laughs> yes, of course. And I would imagine if it all goes well for you on Saturday, the reception that you got after beating Dominic Reyes, it's going to be much bigger now, right? I mean, I saw the love that you got upon landing. It's only going to continue to grow as long as you continue to defend that title. So I'm going to have to live with that. And yes, would be that's great a, for me. That's my point. Uh, you better <laughs> yeah. get comfortable with it if all continues to go your way. Can I ask you about something that I can't stop thinking about? There was a video in the countdown of you going into the snow in the, in the, in the ice water. This is crazy. Now, I've seen people do it, but you do it with such, you know, usually you see someone do it and they're like, oh, oh, you're like sitting there. Like it's like you're in, uh, you know, the Bahamas or something on an island and it's beautiful and enjoying it. No stress whatsoever. 
that, I mean, how does that not affect you? It's an unbelievable thing. I give you a lot of credit. You know, I do this seven, something like this, seven years. I started doing this and I'm, and I feel that helped me. You know, it's really good for your body, for your skin, for your blood pressure, for no injuries. When I start doing this, I don't catch any flu ever for seven years, you know. So it's working, you know. Yeah. But uh, I, when I step into this water, uh, I enjoy it. But always before, I've got small fight in my head, you know. Maybe I will not do this today. <laughs> Maybe. But anyway, I have to, you know. And I know that because I feel that's helping, you know. It's good for recovery. So I just, you know. Love to do this. It's incredible. How often do you do it? Uh, one one times in the week, you know. Once a week? Once a week. Sometimes twice, but it, once once a week, it's enough for me. Wow. So this winter, like how many times have you done it so far? Uh, I don't know. Eight winter, times, nine know. times, something like that, I right? I think four months every week. Wow. Oh, my gosh. Even more than that. And where is that body of water? It's pretty close to my home, you know. Just, I don't know, five kilometers, smaller, smaller, smaller river. And how many minutes do you stay in the water? Not less than five, not more than uh, 15. Okay. So the max is 15. Yeah, because when you are tired, so your body tells you, okay, it's enough for you. Now you have right. to go out. You know? But when you feel good, you feel power, so you can stay a little bit longer. You need to listen to your body, you know. It's good also to, to for your head, your, your mentality, right? because you, you learn, you feel your emotion, what you, how your body reacts, and you, you know, you need to just feel, okay, today I'm a little bit tired, let's go. Okay, today okay. I... And also, it's good for breath, for, for, for control your breath. And I understand uh, you have uh, the uh, the good luck rope now is a bracelet for you. There it is. When did there you do this? No, because I'm afraid that, uh, you know, the story about this, this man. Yes. So I take this rope because I'm afraid that somebody, somebody will come over there and, and take it. Or maybe, you know, someone will cut the tree and I will lose it, you know. So I will take it and some... The guy who do the, the bracelet, uh, he he do from this road something like this. Also. That's great. And and so this is the first time you have the bracelet, right? You didn't have it leading up to the Reyes fight. No, no. This first time I take it with me. Now I will have always always with me this road when something important happens in my life. <laughs> yes. So you so do you feel power when you wear it? Yeah, but you have to believe in that. You know? Yes. If you don't believe in that, it's not not gonna work. It. So I well, believe, you believe in it. You know, I, I start touching uh, this rope uh, first time before uh, remake against G- Jimmy Manua. How many fights I want? Just only one time doesn't work against the uh, Thiago Santos. <laughs> yes, you didn't. You didn't think to uh, to get rid of it after the Santos fight. I will, you know, I will have it to the end of my life, and I give give it to to this to my son later. <laughs> I love it. Yes, yeah, since uh, I mean, you're 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 what six and six and one since the Jimmy Manoa fight, uh, including the Jimmy Manoa fight. So clearly, it has been uh, very very good to you. And um, you know, so so like I said, this is a a big deal. I know you're not trying to make it into a big deal, but I'm 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 curious, considering everything that's happened to you since we last saw you in September, what is the what is the coolest part about being a champion now? Like was a famous person reach out to you, you get some sort of access. I know you got to eat a gold hamburger afterwards. Like what's the coolest thing that happened to you since becoming champion? Oh, I think everything that I have you know, I don't have to worry about my future right now, you know. I think this is because I like peace in my life. And I think this is the best part. Yes. And uh, you get to represent your country. And now here you are fighting against uh, an undefeated superstar. And I want to ask you before I let you go, when I spoke to him, he sort of hinted at maybe, you know, he just got a purple belt and people don't expect him to use his jujitsu. That maybe this fight would go to the ground that he would shock a lot of people with his jujitsu. He didn't outright say it, but it seemed like it was something on his mind. Do you believe that this fight goes to the ground at any point? If 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 you don't take it to the ground, do you believe he will try to take it to the ground, or do you think that? I'm ready. 
Uh, I'm ready for everything, and we will see, you know. But uh, I think that if fight goes down, I will try to take him down. But sure. we will see. Maybe something happened, and you know, that he will take me down. We never know, you know. Maybe if I will, you know, put pressure on him and uh, start winning the fight in the stand-up, so maybe he will try to, you know, take me down, and uh, we will see. So, you know, this is MMA. You have to be ready for everything. You cannot focus only about, you know, striking, about boxing. You have to be focused on everything, you know. Have you seen his jujitsu? He's, yeah, he, he put something on the internet, but you know, internet is internet. Of course. <laughs> you can put everything over there. <laughs> we will see how his jujitsu is good when I take him down. Ulti- ultimately, in your mind, how do you think the fight ends? Do you think it goes 25 minutes? Do you think you, you catch him with the, the, the legendary Polish power early on? You know, uh, I'm ready for everything, for, you know, for decision. For, in my head, when I do visual, visualization training, second round, head kick, left, left uh, leg on his head, you know. Okay, that's very specific. Yeah. <laughs> I like it. That would be something. That would be incredible <laughs> to see. Uh, and uh, and I wish you the best, Jan. Thank you, as always, for the time. I appreciate it. Good luck in the final days leading up to the fight. And, of course, good luck on Saturday night. Thank you. Appreciate it. And pleasure for me that I can talk with you again. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Israel, it's good to see you, my friend. How are you? I'm very well. It's good to see you, my man. Another Fight Week interview. Uh, this one feels a little bigger than maybe some of the other ones. You're looking to make history. You're looking to become just the fifth fighter in UFC history to hold two belts at the same time, moving up from 185 to 205. We know all the stakes. But first, I actually want to congratulate you on that Puma commercial that just came out. I don't know if an MMA fighter has ever been featured in a commercial and looked that cool before. That's tremendous stuff. Well done. <laughs> oh, thank you. Thank you. Um, I'd say it was the, the whole production team in that direction. They pointed me and you know, uh, they tell me what to do and I get it done in exquisite fashion. Are, are you are you over pinching yourself? Like, are you over saying to yourself, like, man, I can't believe, like, a Puma commercial? That's a really big deal. That's mainstream breakthrough stuff. Are are you still finding yourself saying to yourself, wow, I can't believe this is my life, this is happening, or is it all just kind of normal now for you? I've gone past that bit now. I've gone past that bit initially. Where I was like, like that's Puma, like, and they put me heavy. So, like I said, you're 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 looking to make history on Saturday. Can you explain, because we haven't talked in, in, in a few months, can you explain ultimately why you decided now was the time to move up to 205? I'll be honest. 
frank with you, I didn't decide it. It was after my last fight, literally on the way to the hotel room or on the way to the, the restaurant afterwards that my coach, well, everyone already decided behind my back. <laughs> like they all had a meeting and were like, <laughs> they said whatever they said. And then Eugene was the one who approached me and was like, right, this is the next move to make. We think, we think. And of course, like I've said this before, I am the, the canvas. You know, I have a lot of artists that, you know, put a lot of work into me. So, yeah, I have to consider their feelings as well. And then when Eugene pitched the idea to me, then I was just like, hmm, you make sense. You make sense. And, yeah, it's like I said in, to you as well. It's, it's like the ultimate alley-oop from the universe. And I'm about to dunk on this bitch, man. So was this not even on your radar, the idea of moving up to 205? You weren't even think about, thinking about it after the Costa fight? Not this close. My, my own plan in my head was 2021 Raider Stadium. That was when I was going to go to 205. That was, my own, that was my own plan. But like I said, you know, they had this meeting behind my back and then pitched me the idea. And it made sense. And also made dollars. So, yeah. We, there's, there's a lot of things that happens, obviously, you know, errors behind the scenes. And we, we have a strategy like like anyone else, not just in fighting, but in other, in other aspects of the game. Did, did Eugene tell you when he decided this? Like, was it before even the Costa fight? I'm not sure. But like I said, it was on the way to the hotel. Or on the, it was in the, on the way to the hotel, on the way to the, the kitchen. I mean, the, the restaurant. Like he kind of just pulled me back and was like, look, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, hmm, but why? <laughs> but then he, yeah, he just pitched me the idea. And I was like, oh, yeah. Like, I'm one of these guys. I'm not married to an idea. I'm not one of these guys that sticks to my guns on one idea and hold on steadfast to it like if you present me with new information that makes sense my ideas can change i'm very flexible like uh, you know they can say i'm wishy-washy or whatever but no sometimes i just get presented with new information that makes sense and i can change my ideas when you said why what did he say i can't tell you that oh wow so there's like a deeper meaning behind this yeah it goes deep bro okay what if you would have said i'm not feeling it i just don't want to move up what would have happened They'll respect me. They respect. There's a lot of times I've had to put my, a few, not a lot, actually, that's a lie. There's a couple of times I've had to put my foot down on certain things and, and they've respected it, you know. But there's also times when I have to, like, consider their feelings and not just me, the team, consider the team, not just myself, not just my coaches, but my other teammates. There's a few times I've had to do that. So, yes, it might be an individualistic sport for most people, but for me as well, it's a team sport. It's a team sport. So, yeah, if I put my foot down and I said, nah, I, I want to do it, it's, it's, I'm the one fighting. So, yeah, they'd have to, you know, they'd have to go along with it. But, you know, like I said, I'm very open. I'm very open to new ideas. So if you present me with new information, my ideas can change. Has this been a common theme throughout your career where Eugene tells you what he wants you to do and, and you typically follow suit? Or is this a newer thing? Not a common theme, but sometimes it has been, and vice versa. An example was the China thing, like moving to China. It wasn't initially my plan, but, you know, it was his plan to get me more experience that I wouldn't get in New Zealand because no, at that point, no one wanted to fight me anymore in NZ because I was that good. So that was his plan. Another one was going to help Rumble with the, um, the fight with Jones that fell through. He just wanted me to go over there to see how far ahead my stand-up was or our stand-up was or our system was than those guys. So even after the first sparring 
and first training session, I, I was like, bro, these guys, they're not even like close to our level with the stand-up. Their grappling is awesome, but the stand-up is like not where we, you know, like he just wanted me to see that the grass isn't always green on the other side. So yeah, he's he's been, yeah, we've, we've done things like that in the past, but it goes both ways, vice versa. How much of that decision on his part do you think had to do with the fact that Jan Bachovic was the champion? In other words, you know, I made the comparison last week to Michael Bisping. I said, this fight in some respects reminds me of GSP versus Bisping for the middleweight title, where GSP looked at the champion above him and said, I could beat that guy. Let me go for the belt. When historically, he wasn't all that interested in moving up. Do you think that he wanted you to move up because he knew that you could beat this guy and it was an easier matchup than maybe some other 205 champions? I can be any guy in the 205 division, but you'd have to ask him that question. You'd have to ask him when you talk to him next. Okay. What do you think? Mm, I, you know, I think, uh, I think. Was that part of the appeal for you? No, nah, I just listen to my coaches, listen to my team and listen to the money. So yeah, that's, that's the appeal for me. Are you getting paid more to move up to 205? because <laughs> <laughs> you reference money a couple of times now so I, i'd be a fool if i ah, you know may money business is booming let's put it that way business is in order so we're good we're good we're, we're very good you're happy with the way you're being treated because it wasn't that long ago you sort of insinuated that you wanted to be respected a little more in that regard yeah i mean at that point i think they were kind of sleeping on me a little bit not not just the UFC, but like the whole game after the whole, what was the name? I didn't even, the Romero fight. Like, so yeah, after the Costa fight, they was just like, oh, that's right. I told you, you almost forgot. So I reminded them and yeah, business is booming. Again, the stocks is on the way up. Could I ask how much do you weigh right now? Well, I range from 89.25 kgs to 93.5 kgs. That's like the fluctuation but right now if you want to ask because i got off the plane last night when did we, last night yeah that, yesterday evening i haven't really ate since then i've kind of just chilled um yeah maybe 91 or 90 kgs yeah okay so now we have a problem i have no idea what that means in uh oh in you past. americans get with the program get with the world's not, program not, pound sterlings and pie per square inch of Whatever. Uh, I'm going to break the fourth wall here and just pull out my uh, my Google machine. Go it. This go is it, important. Deadpool. You said 91 kg? That's in 90 kgs right now. I'm going to say 90 kgs. Okay. 90 kg is uh, 198.4 pounds. Yeah, sure. How much do you expect to weigh on Friday morning? Uh, I'll tell you what. I'm going to keep the same energy during my fight week. I'm not going to go crazy and order Uber Eats and cakes and whatever. I'm just going to keep the same energy. Going to use my guy, Jordy Nutrition. They're going to use Jordy to um, fuel me this whole week. Um, Kai is hopping in the uh, in the sauna on the bath. So I'm going to do the same thing like I always do. Mainly just for my routine, my mind. It's not a superstition thing. It's just my body just knows what it does. Like my body knows it's fight week already. So it's going to start dropping weight just because this is what my body does. My body just realizes like, oh, yeah, it's what we're doing. So I'm just going to keep the same energy. I'm not going to change anything different and then start to like get all crazy. And yeah, don't be surprised if I weigh in at like 193. Yeah, don't be surprised. 193 for a 205 fight. Don't be surprised. Okay. So just curious. You know, Paul weighed in at like 230 something or whatever it was. You know, 
Paulo weighed in like two, like way heavier than he should, you know, like weight is an issue. Yes, it is a problem if you know how to use it right. But also there's a certain, there's a certain place, there's a certain mark where it then becomes a big problem. Like if I fought like a guy that was 300 pounds, I could probably still beat him, but there's a, there's a problem if he grabs me and then just decides to pin on me. I can't bench press 300 kgs, so that'll be a problem for me. So, yeah, I'll be right. If you were defending your 185 title on Saturday, and here we are like four or five days before the weigh-ins, would you be weighing around this weight? Like, would you be around 90 kg, 198 or so, or a little bit less? Put it this way, I can still make 185 if I have to. Wow. That is that is incredible. So you've done nothing that you haven't added more muscle. You haven't changed any training. Nothing. Boom. Same flex, baby. Yeah. Same thing. Yeah. I, there's nothing. It's just silly to me when when people decide to go add more muscles to their frame that they're not used to over the years they've been working working this game. So yeah, I don't know. For me, I just do this thing different. Like I want to bring it back to the rawness of martial arts technique. So don't worry about weight. Don't worry about all that. Yes, there's, there's, a, there's a certain factor, like I said, at a certain point, there's a point where it becomes a, 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 favor, a favor for the other guy, but not this time. I don't, I don't, I don't think he's going to put on enough weight to be an issue for me, and if he tries to, he's going to f*** himself over. Are, are you, in, in some respects, trying to prove a point here that, hey, I could weigh in at 193 and still beat the light heavyweight champion? Is that part of the appeal? Mm, am I? That's a good question. Maybe. Maybe it's a low-key flex. Yes, maybe <laughs> a low-key flex. Respect. I mean, that's incredible. We haven't seen something like that. How much do you expect to weigh on Saturday? 195 maybe. One, maybe, maybe 200. Or, but I think 195 would be closer to it. And so if he's like 225, 228, no problem. No concerns. A-OK. <laughs> so we're expecting to see the same type of Izzy that we see at 185. Like the questions of, does he lose power? Does he lose quickness? Does he lose X, Y, and Z? It's the same guy in there just fighting bigger guys. Pretty much, yeah. I give. I mean, when I jumped in the UFC, even before the UFC, I was always talking about my power. He doesn't really have power, this and that. I knock out a lot of guys now and then like, okay, maybe he does have power. Maybe you guys haven't even seen me head kick knocks out someone in the UFC yet. You haven't seen my knee knockouts in the UFC yet. There's a lot of limbs I haven't used to floor people, you know. Gaslam just got a stick-ass head. That's why that spinning elbow didn't drop him or flatline him. But, yeah, there's a lot of limbs I can use to floor guys. But, yeah, you guys will find out soon. Okay, and I feel like uh, the internet is going to say this as I'm sitting here talking to you about it. You're not trolling me here, right? I mean, you're not going to show up at 2.05 on, on Friday and everyone's like, look at stupid I, Ariel. I promise you. I don't blame, I'm not – there's no – what is it? Cross my heart, whatever. Okay. Break yeah. out the scale. Uh, let's go. Uh, let's 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 make sure that. No, I'm joking. I'm joking. Come <laughs> <laughs> <Hey, man. laughs> um, Okay. So, did you learn? You know, I know you fought at heavyweight as a kickboxer. You've gone all the way up. Was there anything you learned about that experience that maybe you're saying to yourself, "I don't need to bulk up because I've already done this before"? Essentially. Yeah, pretty much. Um, I mean, I did it in uh, King of the Ring at heavyweight, um, and those guys were slower their rhythm was different it could catch you off beat there was only the first guy i fought can't remember his name now for the life of me but he was the fastest one out of the lot um and he wasn't even able to touch me and i'm a lot better than i was now than i was then yeah jan's he's very awkward he's got uh, this crazy rhythm and cadence to a striking book and 
I got a guy like Blood Diamond in the gym that I spar with. I got Ben Boyce, who's been helping me with this camp as well. And yeah, I deal with awkward rhythms all the time. And I'm awkward myself. I mean, this is why I help people up because <laughs> I hit them with it. The, they're like, what? What is this? <laughs> so speaking of Jan, comparing him to some of the other guys you fought in the UFC thus far, the Whitakers of the world, the Costas of the world, Anderson Silva, Gaslam, etc. Where would you, not talking about the size, I'm just talking about the skill here. Where would you put him in the ranking in terms of the guys that you have fought? How do you rate him? That's a good question. I haven't thought about that in depth. Um, I'll, you might have to ask me that after I fight him. And I can tell you an honest answer, but from what I've seen, from what he presents, he's definitely a lot more well-rounded than some of the guys I've fought in the past. And yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll cons- I consider him a great threat. In comparison to those guys, though, you have to ask me after the fight. Well, I take him very seriously, very seriously. Uh, the idea of being just the fifth fighter in UFC history to hold two titles, the only one to go from 85 to 205, all that stuff, does that mean something to you? Like, are you doing this for history as well? Just for history, yes, not for the numbers. Also, I heard just before in another interview that I am the one of the first guys or whatever number it was to, to win a title in the UFC undefeated at 185. And I'm about to be the, another, I'm about to do it twice. Camera number stats, do the math. But um, yeah, I'm about to do it again in, at 205, be undefeated and win a, a world title. So, But historically, as you know, you know, the fighter who goes up, wins the belt, doesn't usually. Now we have Amanda on this card who's gone back and forth, but the others didn't do it. Is this part of your plan? Is this something that you want to do, defend 185 and 205 after Saturday if it all goes your way? Yeah, uh, definitely could be, could be. Uh, I plan on going back down to 185 after this, but also I've got some cards that I hold close to my chest, so I'm trying to see the lay of the land. So I can't tell you because I can see your nose twitching. <laughs> Relax, Ariel, relax. Some cards I hold close to my chest. I can't tell you right now, but over time, I'll unfold them. Heavyweight coming to play here. Ah, Ariel, why'd you have to say all this? You got to the fight. See the nose, nose. The nose, nose. <laughs> I can see that little yellow. <laughs> yeah. Um, what does heavyweight fit into all this? Like I said, I want to go back down to 185, but I got to see how the lay of the land plays out because... The continent of Africa deserves three world champions from the UFC, and it's a, it's a stronger image. It's a stronger, more powerful connection. You know what I mean? So, so can I ask, so you have decided definitively in your mind, when on Saturday you're moving down to 185 after this one? Yeah, man. I want, like, I want to be an active champion. I don't want to hold the division up. Um, I want to be one of these guys that's actually, yeah, making moves in, a, in both weight classes. But again, like I said, the lay of the land is, uh, is, is currently open, so I'm just going to wait and see how things transpire, if you will. Who, who intrigues you most there right now? Obviously, we have Vittori and Till fighting April 10th. We have Whitaker and Costa fighting April 17th. You beat three of those four guys already. Jack's coming off a loss. Kelvin, you beat. Who intrigues you there? To be honest, none of them except Till. Except Till. And I just keep saying... I hope he keeps winning just so we can have that fight because it's it, uh, yeah, you know the vibes. He, I just like the style, and I feel like if he wants to be that Muay Thai master and thinks he can stand up with me, be my guest. I like Till. I like his style, and I like to fight him. But he just got to win, man. He got to get it together and keep winning, Till. Come on, Scouser. 
Uh, the one I didn't mention was Kevin Holland. He's fighting Derek Brunson. He's on a bit of a run as well. I know you guys have not seen eye to eye, potentially him if he wins. Uh, oh, no, he's way down the line. He's way, way down the line. But if he keeps winning, I look forward to that fight as well. Are you surprised that Yoel Romero, the last guy you fought at 185, is no longer in the UFC? I'm not surprised. That was his last shot. I said it before the fight. This is his last shot at, at this gold. So uh, so you, you, you feel like he didn't deserve another chance to fight in the UFC? If he worked his way up, sure, but he's old, so and he didn't do shit. Like, now we all know why he didn't do shit in that fight. You know why? Because he knew if he made a move at the wrong time, he'd get clipped badly. So, yeah, people said I was running, but I think I just made him freeze. I have to ask you about something Paulo Costa, who you last fought, uh, said very recently in an interview. I don't know if you've seen this yet. Where's my wine, Tim? Give me my wine. Give me my wine and drop a line. Let's go. I'm ready. I'm ready to roll. Uh, so I, I, I assume you did see it. He said that he couldn't fall asleep the night before the fight, drank a bottle of wine, and he was either drunk or hungover uh, when you guys fought in Abu Dhabi. It's actually just tequila straight. What did you make of this? I mean, as far as post-fight excuses go, this might be an all-timer. <laughs> well, I'll tell you one thing, an advice. An advice I would give someone like Paulo in this situation is just humble yourself. Accept the fact that the skinny claw whooped your ass. Yeah, just accept that and go back to the drawing board and reassess your whole game plan. Reassess your team as well. One thing I tell them, reassess your whole team and see if they're right for you. Yeah, rather than just making excuses, it's his ego. His ego won't let him accept the fact that I whooped ass twice. Just accept that. Accept that and you'll be a lot better off. But if you keep making these excuses, it will never let him get further in his career and he'll just constantly be you know that crazy ex like that keeps like trying to clout trout off you no one yeah he'll be that guy you don't want to be that come on could you tell i mean like did you did you notice that he was maybe under the influence or did he smell like i mean did you have any clue or is this the first you're coming across this you're a troll no i'm just i mean if he's being honest i'd love to know from the guy who was in there with him he didn't seem drunk at all he didn't seem drunk at all he didn't the only time he seemed drunk was when I cracked him and he did that wobbly wobb. But nah, uh, he didn't seem under the influence. I should make up an excuse as well. What was it? Yeah, oh yeah, there's race cars driving that whole night. Like at the W, I couldn't sleep. So it was really hard for me to sleep that night because the NASCARs were just the whole time. So I couldn't sleep either. So we're on the evil play field now. Okay. By the way, why do you say assess your team? I mean... It... He just—he's not. What's the guy's name? The guy with the glasses. Eric Albaracin, Captain Eric. Okay, yeah, him. And there was a point as well when I dropped him, and you can hear screaming in the corner, like panic. And I—I I love watching the clip. If you watch the clip again, when I dropped him, you can hear the screams in the corner from the corners, panic shrieks. And also, and and you—you guys didn't see it on camera, but there was a point I was doing this to him, and he flipped me off. And I was gonna flip him off back, but I was like, nah, I'll just show the peace sign again. And I was like, yeah. So his team is just, they're, they're too emotional, just like him. He's a little bit too emotional. He just needs to reassess his whole team. Uh, what are we, five, almost six months removed from that fight? Would you say it's the most satisfying night of your career so far? I mean, thus far, for those that don't know, and I don't feel like this is discussed enough, 75-5 and five as a kickboxer, 20-0 and 0 as an MMA fighter, 
five and one, I believe, as a pro boxer. That's an unbelievable record. I don't feel like this gets talked about enough. So you've had many great nights, but considering all of that stuff and considering what happened in the Romero fight and the things that were said about you in the aftermath, could you possibly say that was the most satisfying night of your career? The most, it's definitely top three, but it could be the most satisfying night of my career yet. So wait till Saturday. Something, something magical might happen as well. Curious, and maybe you're just saying top three. Are there other two that come to mind right now? Whitaker was a good one, definitely. Oh, Whitaker was a good one. Definitely try to say it wasn't talking shit, but we know the vibes. Me and him know the vibes. So yeah, that was a good one to stick it to him twice. Okay, so how much of this move up to 205 has to do with John Jones to say, I got something that you once held, now come and get it? It was in the beginning, but now not really, to be honest. He's doing his own thing. But like I said, he can't run away from me. Are you still believing July 2021 Raider Stadium? Is that still a goal? Man, with this whole corona, like, and America's not really doing so well, like New Zealand with the whole COVID business. So, um, yeah, unfortunately, it might not be summer or July, but it's still December. It's still December 2021. It could happen then. All I know is that this fight needs a crowd. That fight needs a crowd. I can't do that in an empty arena. Like, yeah, that fight definitely needs a crowd. What are the chances in your mind you win on Saturday? Your next fight is against John Jones. I didn't think that far ahead, but now, like I said, I'm going down to 185, defend my belt. And there's still some cards I hold close to my chest. Could I ask you, you mentioned uh, COVID in New Zealand. You said something really interesting the last time you had to be in quarantine. I just spoke to Dan Hooker about it last week, who's currently going through the same thing. And you talked about the effects that the rules over there have on mental health. And uh, you talked about how there should be people at the hotel. So it's a lot stricter than here in the United States. You come from overseas, you have to be in a hotel for two weeks. I think it's become uh, a lot more widespread known here um, in the MMA community after Dan Hooker's story um, and your story. And so he actually told me that he believes that by you speaking up actually led them to change some of the rules and there are people available. Did you know that, A? And B, why did you feel the need to speak up? How is it affecting you? Uh, it wasn't really me because I'm strong up here. I'm bulletproof, you know. Well, I wouldn't say bulletproof, but yeah, I'm stronger than the, than, than the average man. But talking to some of the people on the on on the ground because I'm actually on the front lines, you know. Jacinda Arden's not really on the front line. She hasn't, you know, traveled and spent two weeks in the quarantine. Um, you know, respect to her and whatnot, blah blah blah. But yeah, an example was um this mother with a, a daughter who was like 14 with a neurological disease in a wheelchair. Um, I could just see, talking to her and stuff, I could see the stress that she was going through. She didn't really have the support she needed, you know, as a, as a I don't know if she was a single mom, but she was the only parent there. Um, and yeah, there was a time when I even tried to help her with the, with her wheelchair and when she was struggling to cl- climb up the stairs and um, she kind of said, no, 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 don't, don't. And I was like, whoa, why? She said, oh, someone helped her the, the day before because she saw her struggling and he got two days added to his quarantine. And so you're going to have to go through that again this time, right? Yeah, but I mean, it's a small price to pay because in this climate, I get to travel the world, um, make a couple bags, a few bags, if you will, and then spend two weeks in quarantine. I like my alone time. Is there anything that gives you anxiety? Is there anything that makes you feel uneasy? Yeah, definitely. Uh, I'd say when I are lately or just in general, if I'm not, Say if I'm just going to the grocery store, if I'm just going to 
down the road and then i just get maybe a bunch of people just around the corner see me and oh shit, the starbender i could be having a bad day they don't care they just want their picture you know so and they just rush you and they want to take they want to take they want to take and people say oh well you chose this lifestyle blah 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 yeah and i'm i'm happy to spend i love when people are respectful when people are cool when people approach you with I don't know, human decency. Yeah, that's cool. And I give them the time of day. Even there's, there's been, you can, I don't know who the guy is, but there's been times when people are I've like, oh, I'm kind of having dinner with my family right now. I'm having dinner with my girl right now. Do you mind? And then they're like, oh, no, it's all good. It's all good. You, hey, I just want to shake your hand. You have a good day. Then I'll find them after the dinner, maybe, or I'll chase them. Maybe I like later on, just like, oh, because I kind of feel bad. And I felt, I felt, I felt, the fact that they respected my privacy makes me want to give more. But if they like, oh, come on, just one. I'm like, bro, you don't really care, do you? The last time you were in America, you, you were in California for a long time. I know you were in Vegas as well with your teammate, but you were awarded your purple belt, I believe, from the great Andre Galvao. And he posted an amazing video of him surprising you with this belt. And you got really emotional. You were openly crying when he gave this yeah. to you. Why were you so emotional? I'm an emotional guy. He did the same thing when I got my blue belt because it was a surprise. I wasn't expecting to get my blue belt. And this was in New Zealand. And he surprised me with it. And it was just, I don't know, man. I'm a very emotional person, if you haven't noticed. Um, but yeah, same thing there. And then my head, when I was, my head was on, I was like, all right, don't cry, don't cry. But that's just me. I'm a man who's not scared of my emotions because, yeah, tell me otherwise. Did it represent something bigger to you? Mm, did it? Yeah, in a way, because I've kind of, they call it sandbagging in the world of jiu-jitsu. I've kind of been accidentally sandbagging for years because I haven't been in the gi as much as I would have if I wasn't doing MMA. Um, so, yeah, it was just cool to get that from him and to be able to to be able to be trusted to hold that, that kind of level of jiu-jitsu. Because I got better in the weeks I was there. I was there for four weeks, I think. Four or five weeks, something like that. But I got, I leveled up. The Rotolo brothers, you know, um, Trab, all of them. They like told me like, man, you're getting really good, Josh. They were like, they could tell that my jujitsu went like that. You have to when you're in a room of killers like that, you know. And I'll just ask you a couple other questions, and I'll let you go. I appreciate the time. But what a, what a trip that was for you, Izzy, because uh, not only did you get the belt. You're hanging out with Snoop Dogg. You're doing the the Jake Paul fight. You're you're surfing with Kelly Slater. Going back to my first question, like these are the type of moments that I would imagine at some point you're like, "Holy smokes, this is my life. This is incredible stuff." And I and I thought you uh, you kind of giving Jake Paul the rub was interesting because a lot of people aren't fans of his, but it seems as though you appreciate as a as a prize fighter what he is doing. Would that be accurate? I'll tell you what. I didn't really know his history but i had to do the research before my before the fight because i was commentating and then i realized you know it came off uh disney channel he and his brother and then vine i think and just then um i met him what was this in the lobby of the hotel in the lobby of the hotel after the fight I, there's a video on youtube and this is me just smoking with snoop dogg at at the staples center <laughs> and i meet him in the hotel and I'm just like, cause I get handled all these cameras and whatnot. And then later on, I, I pull up to his house for a party and then talking to him, uh, like you kind of realize oh, shit, you're a fan. Cause he's quoting a lot of my interviews and stuff like that. And I was like, oh, shit, you're like a real fan. And he's a cool kid. Like without all the cameras and stuff, he was cool. He was chill. 
And I know what he's trying to do, getting getting likes and, you know, the J posts about Dana and the UFC and right, right, right. But getting the rub off me, uh, uh, yeah, I guess so. But nah, he's a fan. So he got a new fan in me too as well. I saw an amazing video that you um, that was about you giving your mom a new car. And, yeah. And what an amazing thing that must be for a young man to gift his mother something like that. To see how happy she was and your dad as well. It's great stuff. And she's driving. He's a little reluctant to get in the car. What does that What does that do for you inside? Well, I gave my dad a brand new Beamer uh, back in 2019, but that was just between me and him. Um, and my mom was always like, ah, "What am I going to come Chill, chill. And I just happened to mention it in an interview. I think before the 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 Romero fight, I mentioned it in the interview, and since then, I'd always just hear about it every other week. And I'm like, bro, just relax. Because I'm trying to surprise her, but she wouldn't let me surprise her because she keeps asking questions. So um, eventually, I found a way to surprise her with it. And yeah, just happened that the UFC countdown crew was filming that thing and just happened to capture that. So that was cool. That was just spur of the moment. And yeah, it was beautifully captured. And it's like I said, it's a sign of success when you're able to do things like that. For your parents, like I plan on retiring my dad this year. My mom, I might do the same, if not maybe next year, because she still likes to work. So let's wrap this up. Uh, Saturday, do you, do you envision a path to victory? Do you have a sort of plan in your mind on how this goes? There's two. There's two paths to victories. One I'll keep close to my chest because I really I want to surprise people. But the other one, it might look a lot like the Whitaker fight. A guy blitzing at me and getting caught violently. So maybe around second round as well? Yeah, it's very tough. I think so. Possibly around second round. But the first one I'm holding close to my chest, if he makes that mistake, ooh, it'll be the first round. But I want to keep that to my chest. And I promise you, I'll post a receipt. I'll post a screenshot to prove that I, that this is, this is the path of victory that I have visioned as well. And then when do you expect to return? Not to get too far. I just try to get the plan for your 2021. You win on Saturday? I fight a lot this year. I want to fight a lot this year. Last year was a bit slow because of the Rona, but this year I want to do what I did in 2018 when I just did like five fights in the, I think, 366 days in a calendar year. So you're looking to fight legit five times this year? Maybe not five because I'm the champion now. It'd be hard to do so, but three to four. Three to four, because of the the whole climate of COVID as well. But we can make it happen. I want to be active again. I want to be active like I was when I first got in the company in my first year. Okay. Well, it starts mm-hmm. on Saturday. Izzy, thank you so much for the time. I appreciate it as always. Good luck to you as you attempt to make history on Saturday night. As I will make history. Lahayim. Lahayim, my friend. All right, so thank you very much to both Jan Bachovic and Israel Asanya for speaking to me this week. By the way, if you go on the ESPN MMA YouTube channel, you can get the full interviews there. You can also see new interviews with Piotr Jan, the bantamweight champion, who's got sneaky good trash talk. It's not just his Twitter feed, um, and he's learning how to speak English more and more. It improves each and every day. Uh, had some interesting things to say about his opponent on Saturday, Aljamain Sterling, Corey Sanhagen as well, TJ Dillashaw. So check that out. Also, I speak to Alexander Rakic for the first time, the pride of Austria and Serbia. His fans have been asking me to speak to him for the past, I don't know, two or so years. A very loyal bunch they are. And uh, I finally spoke to him ahead of his fight on Saturday against Thiago Santos. Again, UFC 259 is a tremendous card on paper. A lot of fights on the prelims. Prelims start at 6 p.m. Eastern on ESPN+. And one interesting note about Saturday, 
I'll be on the radio, Hawani Show back on ESPN Radio this Saturday from 6 to 9. So as the prelims, as you're getting set for fight night, I'll be on ESPN Radio, on the app, SiriusXM Channel 80, all the usual spots for three hours, taking your calls, interviewing fighters, talking about the card, updating you on what's going on. So uh, do watch and listen at the same time. But we've got a lot of interesting names on this card, like Kaikara France, Jake Matthews, Carlos Alberg, who's a product of City Kickboxing, won uh, the Contender Series contract late last year. Uh, Tim Elliott on the prelims as well. And then things get really interesting on uh, the second portion of the prelims, which you can watch on ESPN or ESPN+. Plus. Uh, Liviana Souza, it's Amanda Lemos, Askar Askarov against Joseph Benavidez, Kyler Phillips against Song Yadong. I'm a big Song Yadong fan. And then, of course, the big one for Dominic Cruz. First time in six and a half years that Dominic Cruz fights on the prelims and in a non-title fight going up against his fellow Arizonian, if that's correct, or native of Arizona, Casey Kenny. And then we got Rakic, Santos, Dober, Makhachev, Jan Sterling, Nunez, Anderson, and then the big one on pay-per-view beginning at 10 p.m. Eastern, Adesanya, not to be confused with Adesanya going up against Bohovich. This is great stuff. UFC 259, it all goes down on Saturday. Of course, DC and I will be back on Monday to talk about it all. Please continue to rate, download, subscribe, and review to this here podcast feed. It is very important. It doesn't probably seem like an important thing, but trust me, important people seem to care about this. So if you can do that for me, I would appreciate it. For now, though, I am out of time. Thank you very much to Izzy. Thank you to Jan. Thank you to everyone who spoke to me this week. And thanks, of course, to all of you. And thanks to our new producer, Christina. The TST era is over. It's the Christina era now. And I look forward to it very much. Back next week, same time and place. Until then, I say peace. I'm out of here.